Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Yes, it's Carla Marie. This is the Side Hustlers podcast. But before we get into this week's episode and I talk to my next guest, I wanted to give you a uh, behind the scenes of what's actually going on. So this past weekend, the weekend when I am recording this, this past weekend, I got everyone who who was from Seattle who had been on the Side Hustlers podcast together in one place. So I had my first ever Side Hustlers meetup. We did it at Alaire, Seattle, thanks to Shandon. You can actually hear her episode of Side Hustlers right here on whatever app you're listening on. And it was really cool to get everyone together and, and witness everyone network and also witness people who listen to other people's episodes. And it was a lot of fun. I had a great feedback. We're going to continue to do it. And then eventually it's going to grow to the point where whether you're a side hustler, you want to be a side hustler, whether you've been on the podcast or not, you can come to one of these events and hopefully also gain something from it. So if you have any ideas or if you live in any cities or if you live in Seattle and you listen and you want to come to one of these, uh, reach out to me. It's thecarlamarie at gmail.com. And what I was going to say, if you live in any cities where I travel to normally and you listen to the podcast and you want to maybe do a meetup there, also reach out to me because that would be really cool. But I wanted to mention uh, Jess Casson. Got an email from Jess. She lives in Jacksonville, Florida. And she wanted to tell me that she had been putting off going back to school for a really long time. And her goal was to get her master's degree by the time she turns 30. She's 27. And every time she tried to go back to school, she kept putting it off. So she emails and says, it took three years, but I finally know what I want to do. And I thank you for that. Listening to your podcast has given me the chance to finally realize what I should go back to school for. I know I have a huge passion for nonprofits and event planning. They make me so happy, but never thought I would amount to anything within event planning. I'm a board member for the Scott Coopersmith Stroke Awareness Foundation based out of Florida, and I absolutely love everything we do. I found a master's program for communication management with a concentration in nonprofit. I'm just going to do it. I have to see if I can afford it or even qualify for grants, financial aid, or scholarships, but I'm going to make it happen. Jess, I'm so unbelievably excited for you. I'm proud of you, and I know you can make it happen. There are plenty of ways out there to make it happen. So Jess, good luck. I know everyone listening to this podcast is excited and rooting for you. So 
without further ado, I am unbelievably excited to talk to this next guest who I guess I kind of feel like I know because I'm in the middle of reading her book, Unicorn, 30 Days to Find Your Inner Unicorn and Live the Life You Love. It's Danielle Vincent. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, you're coming from Grass Valley, California right now. Is that where you are? Yes, indeed. Lovely Grass Valley. I love it. And you're formerly from Seattle, which I just found out from you how you <laughs> even got in touch with me. And it's because you were up here and you heard the show and you you reached out earlier this year and it took this long for me to get in touch with you. But it's so cool. Yeah, I was doing an event at the UW uh, bookstore, actually. And they had me there doing a reading. It was my first ever reading and first ever signing. You know, I'm a new yeah. author and I was dying of excitement. Like I just thought I was going to fall over with excitement the entire time. And there I was at the UW bookstore where I used to hang out as a yeah. kid and buy my art supplies. And here I am reading my book. It was amazing. That so anyway, I reached out to you because I was there. I was there and I was like, oh, she's awesome. So well, thank it's you. good to be here. Very much. <laughs> so if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, unicorn, what? Like, what is that? But it sounds like a self-help book. Well, it is. But Danielle's style of writing is I almost also kind of feel like I'm talking to myself like I feel like I'm interacting with you as I read it but you're so real you're not it's it's um maybe you can explain it better but like there's cursing in there sometimes and I'm like oh this is like an actual person who's been through some stuff is being real with me and I guess that's the best way to describe it yeah I wanted something that was very accessible because I feel like a lot of self-help books kind of are high-minded and not very down-to-earth. And we're all dealing with really practical issues, not super high-minded theoretical issues. Most of us are paying rent and going right. to work and dealing with traffic and, you know, dealing with kids who aren't shutting the hell up and stuff like that. And I mean, not to, you know, not to use examples from my friends' lives, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it, most of us are going through life in a non-idyllic uh, situation. And so I wanted the book to kind of speak to, hey, you're in real life. And these are, this is real talk. And I'm a real person who's been through these real situations also. And, you know, we're all in this together. So obviously, you've done the book, which is great. And we're going to get more into that later. But that is just one of your like many side hustles that you've done. And I want everyone to understand all of the things you've been through. But I will say that I fully endorse this book as the official book for side hustlers. And if you don't buy this book, I'm going to be mad. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad. <laughs> Let's go back to when you were working in corporate world and you were working for Oprah. And no, you didn't hear that wrong. Danielle was actually working for Oprah so talk a little bit about what your job was there. So to be clear, I wasn't working directly well, right, for you her, were although <laughs> I did work with her and I had lunch with her once. She's so awesome. She, she is very genuine and wonderful and terrific. But I'm very bored. I get so bored so easily. And going to work every single day and accumulating a 401k and being in a cubicle and you know, just kind of working for this point where I'll go home and never leave because then I've retired and that's all that's expected of me and then I just die. That doesn't sound interesting at all. Like that no. doesn't sound like no. something worth wor working for. And so all these other, you know, and it works for some people. I'm happy for them. Like I really at some level yeah. wish that I could be one of those people, right? I mean, like it would be easier. But it wasn't my path and I couldn't handle it. And I know so many creative, amazing, interesting, cool people who also can't handle it. I was doing this day job and going to work in the morning before the sun rose and leaving after the sunset. And I almost never saw the day and I didn't see the blue sky and I missed all these things. And this idea of working you know, for 60 years as so that you could eventually not work anymore ever did not appeal to me. Like that just sounded like two things that just didn't work right. for me because um, I love work and I feel like work is 
part of who I am. It just is like part of my growth. It's part of what makes me blossom. And I've seen so many others. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, it makes your heart sing sometimes. Absolutely. No, it, it's true. What Do you remember the point when you said, okay, I'm done, I'm leaving? Like, what was it that, <laughs> that you finally said, I'm out? Well, I'll tell you, um, I think that there was a combination of things, but I was leaving work at like 1.30 in the morning. <gasps> and it was, right? What? <laughs> And I was so depressed and I was getting down to the to the garage and I, mine was the only car in the garage. And we had just wrapped up the Lance Armstrong interview website. So I was responsible for the production of the like kind of getting the Lance Armstrong interview on the website um, with a whole team of other people, of course. But I was there until the end of that. And I got in the car and I turned on the radio and on the BBC, they were talking about the Lance Armstrong interview, which means that the BBC had watched my segment, like my what? thing, because they would have watched it streaming yeah. live. And I was like, that was my jam. That was my thing. And I was so excited. It was like, I felt all of it was worth it. Yeah. All of it was worthwhile going to work so late, getting up so early, all these times, making sure that everything, like I almost threw up that day. And you might think that that's an indicator of a bad thing, but my heart was soaring because I felt like I had finally made a difference that mattered to more than just me and my little world. And then the next day, I just went back to my regular job and continued to write specifications for how slideshows should work and how the, you know, uh, doing content for, you know, making sure that the websites for the new TV shows were getting built correctly. And, and going back to my daily grind, I was so bored. And I think that was really the moment was that when I heard the BBC talking about it, I felt that feeling of I'm finally doing something. I'm finally making a difference. And then I couldn't go back. You know, I couldn't That's go back tough. from that. Like once you feel that, you can't go back. And so I knew I wanted to do something that was more uh, challenging and more high stakes than the thing I was doing at, at Oprah. So is that when you, you left? And is that when you can started your soap company with your husband at that time? So we started the soap company as a side hustle. So you were still and there. We, you were doing both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was trying to figure out how to make soap in the evenings after work and then go to work in the morning. And, you know, like as with an entertainment job, that's like a full time plus job. Yeah. And so starting a side hustle doing that was exhausting. Like I can't and imagine when I would find time in my day to make soap, which by the way, it's Outlaw Soaps and it's outlawsoaps.com, right? If people want to check it out. Yes, it is. Which is, yeah. you're but still you doing- do a podcast. I mean, you basically have a side hustle too. I mean, true. On, you do. I guess you're right. I mean, I, I mean, I do. I, and I enjoy this obviously the same way you enjoy that. But I feel like this is different than like concocting soap. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> well, it is. There's a lot of production involved when you're making a thing, but you're making a thing too. Okay. You have, you know, like you're birthing a, a new thing <laughs> every it. single episode. Like it's true. And yeah, so we were learning how to make soap, and in many cases, doing it badly. But because I used to work in digital, and I, you know, at that time, I still worked in digital. Um, and even today, I still work in digital. There's this attitude of, well, you know, it's not great, but it's good enough to ship. And so this concept of great enough to ship, good enough to ship, it is it works great for websites. It's not as great for production like manufacturing. So because people have standards and right. they, you know, get something that's disgusting and they don't want to order from you anymore. So we learned quickly that quality standards were an important aspect of manufacturing. <laughs> hey, I mean, we you didn't know learn. these things, right? Of I course. mean, we just didn't have any idea what the hell we were doing. And, and what so year that did was you really start? Exciting. What year? Was uh, it? 2013. Wow. Yeah. So you're st and obviously it's still going. It's great, and you guys are still doing this. Oh yeah, we have such a great time, and now we have employees, and we have a warehouse. We're not in our 
like garage anymore. We are, you know, we have like a 2,600 square foot warehouse and uh, employees who go to work every day and we have team meetings. And I mean, it's quite a thing. So it's safe to say (laughs) that the uh, manufacturing quality has uh, stepped up at least a few games in the last few years. Yeah, we nailed it. Russ is in charge of production, actually. Cool. I, I, I'm I, not the detail person. He's the detail well, person. Well, you, you can but check yeah. out one of Danielle's side hustles, outlawsoaps.com. So that's awesome. Well, yeah, so the Outlaw Soaps thing now is my main hustle. Okay, I mean, so that's that is like your my main hustle now. Main job. Wow. Yeah. And now I just have other side hustles. So, so I quit that. I quit Oprah to do full-time soap in 2013 in May and no April and then and then pretty quickly I got tired of being broke all the time because (laughs) entrepreneurial life is very very money intensive and so we were like living off of credit cards and stuff and I was like we got to do something else so I my friend posted uh that her that her employer, Mozilla, the company that makes the Firefox yeah. web browser, was hiring a social media person. And I was a freelance contract social media person. And I was like, well, well, I know how to tweet. And so I wrote her and I said, hey, do you need someone to work on your you know, stuff? And she's like, oh, my gosh, I was going to ask you, but I figured you were too busy with soap. And I was like, I'm never too busy for you. <laughs> and just like that, I had a new side hustle. Right. And so 10 to 15 hours a week. That's it's great. super flexible. They're really cool. And it's so cool because I get to work with a different type of person than, you know, like at Outlaw, I'm the boss. And being the boss is freaking stressful. Like it is stressful and people are counting on you and you got to make payroll and you have to make sure that everything is all, you know. And at a regular workplace, yeah. like when you're working with a team, you don't have to worry about making payroll. You don't have to worry about managing. Like it's so relaxing to work in a team environment. Well, like yeah. That. So are you still at Mozilla? Yeah. Yeah. I still work there 10 to 15 hours a week. Okay. They're awesome. Yeah. So, wait. You are at <laughs> oh, Mozilla yeah. 10 oh, yeah. to 15 you're, hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> you have your own soap company with your husband. You wrote a freaking book an amazing book. And you also, it was earlier this year, you accepted a job with Delta Dental doing some of their workshops. Oh, just super freelance. That is like the ultimate of side hustles. Yeah, but it's that's still. like a, that's a mega side hustle. But yeah, we're doing a goal workshop. Um, I'm doing a webinar for them and it's really exciting because my, it's, it's such a, you know, it's, you know how these things happen. Like my neighbor's daughter was walking down the street. I used to go to high school with her. My mom recognized her and said, oh, Danielle wrote a book. Here's a book. (laughs) And so she handed Megan this book. It turns out Megan works for Delta Dental. And so said, hey, do you want to do a webinar like talking about this stuff? Because we're trying to do employee enrichment programs. And my new mantra, which I had decided on earlier this year, that 2018 is the year of yes. And when somebody says, and especially for public speaking, and especially for interviews, and especially for webinars and getting out there, because I'm kind of a shy person. And so when she said, do you want to do this? I was like, yes, absolutely. You know, and I don't know how to do a webinar. I didn't know how to do that. So I've been teaching myself. And, and that's what you, that's, I mean, I think that that's the thing with the Delta's thing. It's like it came up and I just will accept practically anything. And they're not paying me for it, but they are buying my book for their employees. Oh, that's amazing. That's incredible. So, yeah, I'm really excited. It's actually better than being paid because then other people get to read my book. Of course. So you you said this year was the year of yes for you. That was your mantra. Now, when 2019 rolls around, are you going to have a new mantra? And have you thought about what it's going to be yet? Yeah. So actually, I wrote something in an interview the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm saving that. <laughs> Don't worry about lightning in the bottle. Just go outside and look at the sky. Ooh. Because you know about lightning in a bottle, it's that one special idea. Like you you don't need to capture one special idea. There's an abundance of ideas out there. You just go outside 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like this episode of Side Hustlers <laughs> is going to be like part motivation of, oh my God, look at all these things Danielle is doing. I can do one of those. It's going to be part therapy session, mainly for me when we get into the book and also your standard Side Hustlers podcast. So this is, this is, I'm excited well, about Can this. I show you? So I've started, this is like what I'm working on now. This is my, what I think is going to be my next book. This is the first version. This is the draft version of my new planner. Like I have, Look at this. Have, um, so the top, the number one thing was send bullets to Carla Marie. Look at that. I Like I went to bed and I was like, I need to start with my day with that. And so then I have my whole schedule. I have, uh, we're right here. Carla Marie, side hustlers. <laughs> were, were you always yeah. like that? Like I obviously you can't, no one else can see that right now. And maybe if there's not anything too personal on there, you can send me a picture and I can share it when Absolutely. I share the podcast. But were you always so organized like that? Oh my God, no. I have I have diagnosed ADD. So wow. like I have, uh, yeah, I've been diagnosed with ADD and, and depression. And part of my ADD caused me to want to do a lot of lists so that I could keep focused. And when I start, like a couple years ago, I found that and this is a Gary Vaynerchuk thing. He said 80% of what you do doesn't matter. And so you can delegate it or do it badly. It doesn't matter. And I thought, well, if 80% of what I do every day doesn't matter, why am I freaking doing it? <laughs> <laughs> like, right? Maybe I can just avoid that stuff and not do it. So this system was born out of kind of a daily practice that I just – wrote down a new to-do list of five items every day, only the most important five items. And if there was anything else, there's no running to-do lists. There's no master plan. Every week I look at my goals and I reevaluate what I want to do that week. And then if something falls off the radar, if I forget something, it probably wasn't that important. I love this. It was this. part of that 80% that doesn't matter. Oh my God, like, I love this. This is like, <laughs> this could possibly change my life. So thank you for saying all of that. But when you said that's the, the first draft of your new book, is it, or your what your next book would be, are you saying you're going to make a planner for all of us or you're that's where you're planning your next book? <laughs> no, so that, I'm going to make a planner. Like yes! basically what I think <laughs> is, so, so I'm making a system actually. It's more like a, I don't know what it is yet. I'm still formulating, but I've been using this little, this like this thing. This is a blank one yeah. and I'll send you a blank one. Um, I've been using this thing for a year now. And this whole attitude of, I have five things and I have one really important one and the rest of them, if I can, and that really it doesn't matter if I don't get to regular it's such a weird and random and scary way to live at first. But once you realize that you're making tremendous progress and you're way less worried, it just is so freeing. Because yeah. all of a sudden it's like, none of that mattered. None of that mattered. No. Seriously, none of that mattered. And yeah, it's 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 amazing. I so, can't wait to do this. Yeah. I'm starting immediately. <laughs> I cannot wait. I And I also cannot wait for this planner. I'm first in line. <laughs> Nobody tried to get it before me. It's well, it's going to start with goals because I'm big into goals. And I think that goals like and, and I have my own goal method thing. Like everybody is a different type of person. So they react really differently to different types of goals. So like some goals are ongoing goals and like, you know, meditate five times per week. And people say you have to have specific measurable actionable, you know, goals, uh, the, you know, there's time-based, blah, 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 whatever that acronym is. Mm -hmm. And I think that works for some people and it doesn't work for others. And then the trap is that when you try something and it doesn't work and they say, oh, it's guaranteed to work, it's totally going to work for everybody, and it doesn't work, then you feel shitty and like, yeah. oh, sorry for swearing, you can then curse. you feel bad about yourself you can say and... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, you know, you just feel like, uh, what, what's wrong with me? And nothing's wrong with you. Everybody just has a different way of thinking about things. So the first thing is like figuring out how you think about goals and what you think about in terms of progress and what you 
what the best road to get there is. You know, some people like driving on the main freeway. Some people like driving on scenic routes. There's nothing wrong with either. Um, and so then figuring out what, what the goals are and then figuring out like putting that into practice. And that's where the planner comes in. But really, it's a driven by where do you want to be? Yeah. You know? Well, and that's a lot about what your book Unicorn is, which by the way, if you're looking, if you're trying to figure out I'm looking up this book and it's not coming up. It's unicorn, Y-O-U dash N-I-C-O-R-N. Like you get it. See what you did there. Love it. It's, it's a pun. Yes. And it's so unfortunately punned because now you got to tell everybody how to spell it whenever I'm, you say the name. I'm sure you didn't think of that at first, but I, I, I did not. It's great. So it's unicorn, 30 days to find your inner unicorn, spelled the normal way, and live the life you love. And you can find it on Amazon. There's a Kindle version as well. You can get the, uh, the hard copy version, which question now... Yeah. And I want people to understand if you don't have the book in front of you, when you get this book, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, it honestly feels like you are you got a book in grammar school and you're so excited to do the activities that are in this book. <laughs> There's drawings in there. There's little sketches. Did you actually do those? Yeah. So most of them. There's two drawings that I didn't do in there because, and they're noted. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I'm not an artist by any measure. I'm I'm not even really an official illustrator. <laughs> but when we were talking about this book, my best friend and I, we were kind of, you know, I said, I want to do a book. And she's like, you have to illustrate it. And I said, well, I'm not like you mean hire an illustrator. And she's like, no, with your doodle things. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, like you say, and <laughs> Right. That's what it is. I just didn't. Yeah. And like, I'm showing you this, but I can't, nobody else will see it. I made stickers out of the little worm. Yeah. So like, I love the little doodles, but there's, you know, there was 185 illustrations in the first edition and we pared it down, but there's probably 160 in there. Well, they're great. And well, there's times I'll, I'll turn the page and I'm like, what does that mean? And then I'll start reading because obviously you gravitate towards the image first. And then I start reading and then I'm like, huh, I get it now. So <laughs> it, it is, it's fun. And just to kind of describe how the book works, you encourage people to read it and also buy or a journal if you or notebook, whatever you want to use to coincide with the book. And it's not necessarily to take notes, but after each chapter or each day for your 30 days, you um, give an activity and it's not like I mean maybe you can illustrate but it it really does make your brain work and think about yourself and put it down on paper in ways you've never done before or I've never done before and I've read different types of quote-unquote self-help books but this one literally makes you do and that's the difference (laughs) that I think your book does. Most of the exercises are intended to be fun. Some of them are thought provoking and sometimes a little painful. Um, Like day two is a really rough one. I mean, as you know, it's just it's it's that's the one where you look at the hardest thing that you've ever done and you see how you've made it past that. And then, you know, that after that, you can make it through anything less hard than that. So And when, that's rough. When you know? I got to that day, I put the book down and I was like, okay. I literally took a day to figure out what it was. And part of me was like, okay, my life is kind of crazy with my schedule right now. I'm in it. I'm in it now, I think. And I couldn't – I was like, I don't want to write about it because I haven't quote unquote survived it yet. So I was like, I'm not giving it to myself yet. I'm going to get through it and then I'm going to make it my thing. So – I couldn't find anything to even compare. And then I went back to earlier this year when I broke my hand and I was like, mine is very physical. Uh, And it messed me up mentally because of what happened and how I got through. And I was like, damn, you're a badass after I wrote it out. (laughs) So it really, it it really does. It does work. Um, But there are, and like you, you, you bring it up in the book that this is the book, the self-help, self-help book for skeptics. So if you're like, oh, this is crap. This is she's talking about unicorns. This is all whatever. Read the freaking book and be quiet and then <laughs> you'll prove yourself wrong. Yeah, Kirkus calls it the self-help book for people who are understandably skeptical of the genre. And I loved it when they said that because it's like, you know, how many books like say this book is going to change your life and this book is the only book that you'll ever need and blah blah blah. Oh, yeah. And then you read it and you're like, "Okay, well that was helpful." 
but I still have my real life, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think for the book, for mine, at least it's intended to be an aid, not be the end all be all. And it's also intended to reflect real life and reality and not be, yeah, exactly. Not be kind of uh, just theoretical. And I wanted it to be practical. So when I say it's for skeptics, it's like, like, look, this is practical stuff. This is hands-on stuff. This is stuff that you do, not stuff that you feel or think. And a lot of it does stir up emotions, but it's just a doing exercise. Absolutely. Like, really, that's all doing. It is. So, yeah. And I feel like, I said this earlier, it's like almost a guide, and this podcast is going to turn into it too, a guide book or a guide episode for someone who is either about to branch into side hustling is not happy at their job or is in the middle of it in the weeds of it and they're like how do i how do i formulate a a normal life and still do the things i i love and that's what um i'm getting out of your book i i'm in the middle of it you know that it's not that i'm yes. pretending that i read the whole thing i'm in the middle of it <laughs> and one of the things i loved and i read it i was like yeah that's awesome never quit quitting is that i get it right is that what you say never quit yep quitting. that's right and you you kind of give the example of of smoking, which how many of us know smokers who have quit and then they go back and then they quit again. And you talk about how every time you quit and start again, it's OK because you're closer to actually quitting. And I'm doing a terrible yeah. job at explaining it, but I want you to explain it better. <laughs> well, so there's been a lot of studies. This is like a scientific thing. So as practical and as straightforward and as fun as the book is, this is all based on research. And I don't do a great job of talking about the research that has been done on this because I'm just writing a book that's fun. Um, but there's been a lot of research about people who are trying to quit smoking. And that informed my journey of quitting smoking. And quitting smoking, many people have said that it's harder than quitting heroin um, because you can get cigarettes anywhere. Anybody on the street will give you a cigarette yeah. if they're smoking. Um, and so it's very hard to resist the siren song of that one, you know, vice. Drinking, I think, is a lot of the same ways. But um, but it's like such a not a big deal. Like one cigarette is not a big deal, but it is a big deal. And so one of the things that when I was quitting and finally when I quit for good, I kept thinking that, well, at least I'm making progress. And I'm making progress. And as long as I don't get discouraged, because I think a lot of times people get discouraged and they just – they. Put, they assign a value to starting again or stopping again, like they failed at quitting or they, you know, whatever. But never stop trying to do that thing that you know you have to do. And that's really the bottom line with the never quit quitting is, yeah, like you might not have done it this time. But if you don't assign a value to it, like failure or whatever, it's just another day, another thing. Another, you know, and then you just wake up the next day and try again, I, you know. And it goes the same way with never stop trying something The yeah. uh, instead of quitting. Like never, if you have a side hustle or something that you love, whatever it is, keep trying in that sense. It's the same idea. Oh, we, yeah. We always look at it like that. Like, oh, you know, my side hustle, it didn't, it didn't pan out. But I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. But when you look at it with something that's maybe not good for you, Keep quitting, I guess, in the sense. Yeah, like when you quit quitting. Yeah. You never quit quitting. Never quit quitting. Well, and with, you know, one of the things you just said about the side hustle and, and never giving up and stuff, something that I've said a lot about our business is that sometimes the person who wins the rodeo is just the person stubborn enough to stay in the saddle. <laughs> like, you got to just stay in the saddle and hold on like hell. And you just stay, keep doing it. And that's you, the stubbornness. You outlast people and you outlast the cravings of the of the cigarettes. You outlast the cravings of the alcohol. You just outlast. You know, you just stubbornly hold on. Yeah. I'm right. I'm writing this down <laughs> as you're saying. I'm like, hold on, I'm like stubborn. OK, love that. <laughs> love that one. Um, you said something to me when you had emailed me about bullets about you. And I, and I love that you talked about this, about having a plan versus not having a plan with your side hustles. 
And I, oh, that, that first thing God. you said to me, I want you to explain that. Cause what you said, I was like, oh my God, so many people will relate to this or understand where you're coming from with your whole concept about side hustles and why. Yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed about a lot of people's side hustles and, and especially mine prior to Outlaw Soaps was that you start them or I start them and you just think, or I just thought like, well, this is a hobby. This is a thing I'm doing. Maybe I'll make some money. Maybe it'll make a little extra scratch on the side. Great. And it didn't really have a plan. The first one that I really put together a business plan and really did like the cost benefit analysis and the break even points and all of this stuff and did the marketing segments and identified our target market. All of that was Outlaw Soaps. And I started like doing it with Outlaw Soaps, really setting it up as a business, not as a hobby. And I think that that is the reason that we're still doing it today, five years later, so in terms of people who are doing side hustles, if you really want to do it, make a plan, make a business plan, figure out how many, especially if you're like a manufacturer like us, we had to sell a lot of bars of soap before we could even afford our rent. You know, I mean, if you think about how many bars of soap you have to sell in order to pay, you know, rent prices, that's, that's quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's like pallets of soap. Yeah. And I didn't really think about that when I was first starting, but but the business plan really helped. And I think that doing a plan cannot, the importance of that cannot be understated. I, so it, It's true. It definitely is. And in, in last week's episode, Joanna talked about the same thing, that she had a full blown business plan. And she even brings up how she's heard people on my podcast say they just did it. They just started and they, they got into it and the, it's not necessarily going to fail because they did that, but she knows that's not how she function or functions or how she would have succeeded. So I guess it's just, it doesn't hurt to have a plan at all. And <laughs> it, why not try it first? Well, I think it's a lot easier also to get through the inevitable dark nights of the soul. Like there's those moments when you're laying at awake in bed and thinking, what have I done? I should have just stayed at my regular full-time job and or, you know, if I should just go to work and get a full time desk job or whatever, like there's those moments when you're like in the dark and literally and figuratively usually because it's usually at like three o'clock in the morning and you think, what have I done with my life? And if you turn over and you have a plan and you think, what have I done with my life? I've created a business that's going to make $300,000 in two more years. It's yeah, it's easier to wake up in the morning and go do that again. You know, it's easier to get up if you have a plan. But if you're just laying there and the answer is, what have I done with my life? I don't know. <laughs> then, <laughs> right. then it's really hard to want to get up in the morning, you know? You're right. You are 100% right. <laughs> there is uh, one part of the book where I it really hit me where I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to do it. And I want you to talk about how you stepped away from the real world to finish writing your book, that whole part where you didn't have internet and Facebook. And then I'll explain what I did and how simple the stuff can be and how it can make you so much more productive and change your, your life, really. Yeah, I'm an addict to Facebook and online. And I knew that as long as I had any kind of ability to feed my addiction to social media, that I was going to continue to hit that. Like I was going to continue to hit that, that, uh, that feeding pellet, you know, whatever. Or like I was going to continue to look for validation from my friends and stuff like that. And really at the end of the, like when I was trying to finish the book and it was just so close to the end and I was dying to finish it. Yeah. And I thought, the only way I can do this is if I just don't see another person and go off into a cabin with no internet. Like, I mean, I really, I mean, I put myself in prison, basically. And I went to Joshua Tree, which is in Southern California. And I went to the middle of the desert off a dirt road where the internet was just awful. And... uh 
and it was 100 degrees outside and there was no air conditioning uh, except for in the bedroom. And so because it was, I didn't want to leave the house because it was a bazillion degrees. And even the living room was too hot to really be in. So I was stuck in the bedroom in this place with no cell service, no internet connectivity. And I got like a rotisserie chicken and threw it in the, in the, you know, refrigerator. And I made coffee and ate rotisserie chicken for like a week. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long. (laughs) Oh man. It was, it was, well, I wanted to finish, you know? Yeah. Like I just needed to finish. And yeah, so I was just like a monk basically. Like I love that you, that you say when you're in your, in the book, when you're writing it, that there were so many times when you still went to facebook.com in your browser so many times knowing there was no Wi-Fi and it would say, sorry, you have poor connection, (laughs) no network, whatever. We all, we all have seen it. And you know you didn't have internet, but that's what really shows you, oh, wow, I am addicted How to doing addicted. This. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's just like such a habit and just such a, you know, and I've tried to, I've tried to unplug my home internet at points. And I, for some reason, I just go and plug it in again. <laughs> like I can't stop myself. <laughs> There's no willpower to overcome this stuff. No. And so you just accept that. Except that you can't do it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. For me, it was just accepting that I couldn't do – I couldn't do it without, you know, Facebook. Yeah. And so I just went cold turkey. Well, what just today I was talking to um, the girl who does my nails and I was reading your book at the nail salon and I was telling <laughs> her about it. And she's like, I haven't read a book in forever. I used to always read and I said, because we're literally on Instagram all the time. When I didn't have Wi-Fi this summer, I was at a bunch of national parks. I read a book in three days, an entire book, bought it on the trip and finished it. And my friends were like, oh my God. And I was like, I haven't touched my phone. I haven't had service. Like, think about how dumb we're getting, basically. So when I was reading your section about this, I was like, mine's it. It's Instagram. It's bad. Like, I see on my phone 14 hours a week I'm on Instagram. It shows me in <gasps> Yeah, if you have an iPhone, and especially I know the new iPhone. I know. I look at that. It's awful. So I tried. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's revealing. It is. I tried um, using an app to do it called the Moment app. And while it does give you alerts and stuff, I would get the alert that I've been on my phone too long. And I was like, shut up, stupid app. I don't need that. I know I've been on my phone too long. (laughs) So after I read your section of the book, I said, I can't delete Instagram. I need like I need it for work. I have to have it. It's my brand and whatnot. I took it off of my home home screen and put it on the next screen. I can't tell you how many times I have hit the Oral-B toothbrush app, which is now in the place of Instagram, <laughs> the last three days. And I'll hit it and I'm like, oh, and it's funny because it opens my toothbrush app. And I'm like, yeah, what? Oh, my God. Look how many times I would have done this. And then if it was Instagram, I would have continued to scroll and go down the black hole. It's been incredible. And, and I notice it's a lot because I'll see on my messages that I've got all these messages. And I'm like, that's weird. Why am I getting more? I'm not getting more. I'm just seeing them in chunks versus responding right away. Yeah. And, and uh, thank you for that chapter of the book because I really <laughs> think it's going to make me more productive. So if you're listening and you're like, well, what is mine or what can I fix? You've got two, you've got two extreme different examples of a going to a cabin in the middle of nowhere or just <laughs> breaking a small habit knowing your habits you know what they are and like danielle said accept them and move on and well i think one of the things that i started thinking about and and maybe this will be helpful so i'll bring it up what am i looking for what am i trying to find and what i realized in those moments when i was checking facebook i was trying to find validation when I was doing something really scary and I was looking for people who will accept me even if I don't finish this thing. And the fact is, it doesn't matter if they accept me or not if I don't finish this thing. There's plenty of people who accept me if I don't finish this thing. But I wouldn't be here talking to you if I didn't finish it. And that, you know, you're getting something out of it and people get something. I mean... I think it's a valuable contribution and something that was worthwhile to put off my my instant validation 
in this, you know, in the service of. So, yeah. It's, I mean, I finally <laughs> did it because of you. So hopefully, <laughs> so and, if, and if you're listening to this podcast and like, you know what, I'm going to change whatever it is, reach out to me. It's thecarlamaria at gmail.com because I'm curious to know what it was and what you did. And then I'm going to relay that to Danielle and let her know. Or you can, can people reach out to you? Where, yeah, what are your of socials? Let's do it in the middle of this so that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Danielle. Oh, God. Well, this is helpful. Um, <laughs> I'm Danielle a vincent.com well first and foremost okay so your website is danielle a danielle a vincent.com and your instagram is danielle a vincent if anyone wants to reach out to you yes okay. and i'm howdy danielle at twitter just <laughs> mentioning that. Love that but people can reach out to me they send They'll me find a you. message i'm pretty easily accessible one of the other chapters of your book and i'm not even going to try to do the justice of explaining it or why you did it but it's the alcohol part and if you're listening right now you're like oh what is she gonna tell me that I shouldn't drink alcohol well, yeah I know it's bad for me blah 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 but it's not that you don't you you kind of change the way you drink and no one is sitting here saying stop drinking whatever because I know people get so crazy about that so I want you to explain maybe what encouraged you to write that part of the book and how it changed you yeah, so that book, that section has actually been a great ripple effect as my friends realize kind of how much we all drink together. Mm-hmm. And, and we have, I mean, I'm in just a drinky culture and my friends are drinky people. And, you know, that's, that's something. But when I realized I was having like a bottle of wine a night uh, and I was feeling pretty terrible the next day and not getting as much done and I'm a rock star like you know I can power through things like but do you need to really expend the energy of powering through stuff or just go through it like I mean there's it was so much uphill battle of powering through my hangover so many days and then I thought well I mean, I was listening to a book. I was listening to a Brian Tracy book. Um, I think it's called Eat That Frog. And <laughs> right. And one of the things that he says is, what is one thing that you could do or stop doing that would measurably help you reach your goals today? And I was like, I didn't even stop to think about it. I was like, if I quit drinking. And when I said that out loud, I was like, oh, now I have to do yeah. it. Now I know it's awful and I didn't want to. And so I did the 30 day sobriety solution, which I rarely recommend that book. Um, it's by Jack Canfield and Dave Andrews, I think is his name. And it's, it's another 30 day book. It's actually where I got the idea for oh, the wow. 30 days um, from. And it really helped me realize that I was drinking, not because I was trying to hide anything um, or cover up anything or feeling insufficient it was be really because I was bored and I didn't know how to shut off after a day of work yeah I mean some people eat snacks you know it could, yep. it could go either way you're not gonna get I mean you might get a Could sugar hangover yeah but every it's just different it's just bored boredom a lot yeah. of times is what it is and realizing that if I just changed my attitude about it that I can actually have a healthy, regular relationship with alcohol after that. Like I, I now drink like a regular person. Like I maybe have a glass of wine every couple of weeks. You know, maybe sometimes. Yesterday I had a glass of wine and a half. Wow! I know, crazy. crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah. It, I just changed my relationship with alcohol to a more appropriate one, I yeah, think. Yeah, same thing. And obviously, that comes with age, too. If you're 22, you're like, oh, hell no. I'm going to go out and rage with all my friends. I know that's what you do at 22, and I know it's hard. No one's saying you can't, but that's just the culture and the life that you live in at 22, the same way you said you have drinky friends. When I was – I would always get sick from drinking. I now know that I have certain allergies that equate to certain things that are in beer and whatnot. And that explains why I would literally be out of commission for a day and a half. Didn't care. Did it anyway. Then on my 29th birthday, I was so sick from the night before that it ruined my entire birthday. I was in bed the whole day on my oh. birthday. And I said, that's it. 
I am not getting sick until at least my 30th birthday. So I spent 29 (laughs) to 30 really evaluating when it was necessary to drink. When, um, hey, I don't need to take shots. And when your friends try to force shots on you, I say, waste your money. I'm going to dump it on the floor. Like, I don't need that shot. I'm going to get wasted, probably do something dumb and feel like crap tomorrow. And it's extra calories. There's so many reasons not to do it. And after a while, it just became easy. I would drink more water while drinking. And I made it past my 30th birthday a year and I think three months before I barfed again. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? I did it and I understand my body now and I understand um, how much better I can function the next day. You know, you're not going to wake up early and work out the night after drinking. It's just going to ruin things and you're going to be bloated and there's all things that you don't realize happen until you take that step back and I I think it's made me more productive so I didn't realize that was really what I was doing until I read that part of the book where I was like huh I did that now I can say I did that really well and that's the thing I mean is it enhancing your life or is it making it worse and that's where uh, people can only say that for themselves and that answer changes over time so if you know, like you in a, in 10 years, you might want to uh, you might love getting sick when you drink. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and listen, I still drink. It's not that I, I don't. I just I save it for occasions or or big exactly. moments or when I know I've got nothing the next day. There's just and maybe you do a, you binge watch TV and drink wine every night. And you're like, hell no, I'm not stopping. No one's making you. That's fine. That's yeah. whatever. But it's just, it's cool that you kind of, I guess, show people it's okay to do this or it's okay to try that. And that's a lot of what the book is because you you don't force people, you don't tell them what they're doing is wrong ever. Right. Well, and that's, it's, I grew up in a culture of, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and being aware of alcoholism. And I thought, I had this idea that if you admitted you had a problematic relationship with alcohol that then you couldn't drink anymore ever again. And that just seemed awful. Like that just seemed like a a real great reason not to admit that I had a problematic relationship with it, frankly, because I didn't want to not drink anymore. And when I realized that there were different relationships with alcohol and, you know, it it just that realization that I didn't have to have a problem in order for me to not drink all the time, (laughs) which actually I heard a quote that was like so brilliant. It was alcohol is the only drug that you have to make or that you're seen as a problem if you quit doing that. Or you're seen as you have a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcohol is the only drug that you're seen as having a problem if you quit doing it. Yeah. Like heroin, nobody would ever say (laughs) – Oh, you don't do heroin anymore? You must have a heroin problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It is so true. And it goes back to, oh, why don't you want to take a shot? What's wrong? And I'm like, you take it. I, like, you barf. You Whatever. know, it's really interesting. I was talking to my friend. So on, on my website, on the Unicorn website, I actually have a section called Just Soda, Please, where people can have ideas of, you know, things to say if they don't want to drink because yeah. – the you know there's the, the social pressure and when i put this to my friends like hey what do you say what's a good thing to say when you're not drinking uh several of them were astonished and like how, you mean you hang out with people who pressure you to drink and that you know yeah. friends don't do that and i'm like are you kidding me where have you been yeah. like friends totally do that and it's fine for them to do that cuz they just want you to have a good t- time yeah like they're doing it in the service of everybody having a great time they're not trying to ruin your life right you know no not yeah it's funny when you think about that so yeah I'm curious to know how people just what they think of this part of the book whether they're reading the book or listening to us talk about it so reach out to both of us and and what you say to your friends when you're go to Danielle's website DanielleAVincent.com is it and then it's slash just soda yeah, just soda, please. Okay. Um, but I think, I mean, I really think I would love to hear what people have yeah. to say in their their experiences because it was ran the gamut. And I actually had to take a firm line with people smashing friends, like my friends, yeah. for like 
saying that these aren't real friends and stuff because they encourage you to drink and take shots. I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, everybody's just trying to have a good time. Yeah. And, and, and they probably do it too and don't even realize that they're doing it. Yeah. They don't realize. And so I don't know. And then some people were super offended by it. I mean, just really. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe how, uh, what a vast difference of experience, you know, my friends all had. Like, can you, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's Just a people living in totally yeah. different realities. Yeah, like, alcohol, alcohol makes people crazy, whether you're talking yeah. about it or actually drinking it. it and has enthusiastic. Yeah. I mean, really enthusiastic. And that's what I think, you know, I mean, that's great. It's great to be enthusiastic. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> no, no, I, I really loved that part of the book. And I was like, huh, okay. she's right. She's right. Again, literally, that's what I say in every chapter. I'm like, yes, Danielle, you're right. I'm going to be a unicorn. I'm almost there. <laughs> you're already a unicorn. Oh, well, thank you, you are completely badass and awesome. Yeah. Well, thank so. you very much. Um, so when you come back to Seattle, we can go get a drink if you want. That would be great. Let's go. <laughs> or coffee, whatever. Um when you went through all of your different your side hustles, whether whether it was leaving your job with Oprah, um, was it with OWN or was it like your actual job so, was with OWN? Technically, I was um, employed by OWN, the okay. Oprah Winfrey Network, but I did a lot of work on Oprah.com for okay. the O Magazine crew. So it's all kind of like a big thing. Yeah. And yeah. And okay. this was back um, – I joined – the company when Oprah was still on the air. Got so it. like oh, on, wow. on primetime. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she was finishing up her thing. So whether it was leaving own then or starting outlaw soaps or starting the book, did you have people in your life that were like, wait, you're going to do that? Or are you sure that's a good idea? I'm very blessed with super supportive friends, but, <laughs> <laughs> but. and, yeah. um, <laughs> And also, man, when I'll never forget it because it burned. Like it actually burned in my heart when somebody said, you're going to start a business. Aren't you more of a desk type? Mm. What? <laughs> and this was one of my artist friends. And I realized that she probably held me in some sort of contempt. Like that was the moment of realization for me when... I realized that she and I weren't really friends. And, but we were having like brunch together. Yeah. We were brunch friends. And she was like, Aren't you more of a desk type? Mm. And I was like, Are you, you may effing well just kidding slapped me? me. <laughs> yeah. I just, and I felt so like, I mean, I wanted to just stand up and leave. Yeah. But yeah. And then somebody else who has, who's actually a successful independent artist who has her own business said, well, a lot of people want to start craft businesses, but nobody really realizes that it's a hard thing. And I was thinking, I have a business plan. Like, I have done homework here. Yeah. Why would you think that I was just doing this as like a lark? You know, and it was very insulting to me. But then I realized she's really coming at it from a position of she's worked really hard and she believes that part of the credit for that is feeling like nobody else could do it. And, okay. you know, and that was where she was coming from. Like she felt like she'd paid the dues and she wanted to say, no, this is an exclusive club. Hmm. And, you know, but the fact is that anybody who has the cojones to start a side business is, is in the club. Yeah. It's true. You know? Yeah. And side hustle club. <laughs> totally. Um, and actually my, my own mom, uh, who is super supportive now, um, she said, handmade soap, don't you think that's kind of a long shot? <laughs> and I was like, no, what? I didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then my dad was very, um, he was, he was kind of superficially supportive, but mm -hmm. I could tell that, I mean, 
And the fact is, starting a handmade soap company and saying, we're taking over the world with a handmade soap company. Let's be realistic. It's totally a long shot. But that doesn't mean that it's not worthy. Right. Of course. Doesn't mean that it's not going to work. It totally is legitimate Uh, long shot. Yes. (laughs) But I love that. That doesn't mean it's not worthy. That is so important to remember when you're doing anything, starting a new job or whatever, a workout program, whatever it may be, just because it's a long shot doesn't mean it's not worthy of trying. Doesn't mean you aren't going to succeed at some point in it. Well, and at the end of the day, my friend who said it's really hard and a lot of people don't realize how hard it is. She's damn right. It is hard. (laughs) Like it's hard every single day. There's no day that isn't hard. And she's right. A lot of people don't don't have the stomach for it. And my other friend who said, aren't you more of a desk type? She was right. And guess what? Most of the things that I do now are writing and emailing and getting, you know, press and writing product descriptions and working on designs. I'm totally a desk type. That's what I do for most of my job. And we hired people to do the things that aren't desk job parts because my strength is, yes, desk job. And I hate that she but that was doesn't using mean you that get, as a put Right. Down. And that doesn't mean you get put in a box of just only yeah. allowed to do that either. You you are able to do that because you literally did the handmade soap thing on your own. And if you didn't do it yourself, physically get your hands dirty and do that, you wouldn't be good at the desk side of it. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, all the people who said everything bad about us, they did have a total point. Just it shouldn't stop me. Yeah. And that's that's how I feel about with other people. You know, when people say, I want to do this thing. And sometimes my internal, like, oh, wait, I want to protect you, says, I should warn them about something scary. And I think, no, they're going to take that as me saying no to them. Mm-hmm. And then I always try and say something encouraging instead of saying that no thing that I was going to say, because the world is going to say a no enough times. Right. Like, You're right. <laughs> you know yeah, well, I mean? it will. It doesn't need my addition. That's amazing. So, I love yeah. it. I mean, and then, like I said, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of naysayers out there, and there's a lot of people who – uh, don't take risks themselves. And so we'll advise you not to ever take a risk. And that life isn't for you. Uh, as I always say, never, and this is I, this applies to me as well, never accept the advice of someone whose life you wouldn't want to lead. Ooh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> because you're going to be Damn, showing up I in like, their shoes. <laughs> I want you to drop the mic and just end on that. Okay. <laughs> it's a good one, right? Yeah. I love it. I'm just yeah. like, whoop. Wait, say it again. I'm going to go listen back to my own podcast over and over again. Okay. Never accept the advice of someone whose life you wouldn't want to lead. Okay. Amazing. I like. I I really want to end on that. Relationship advice. Yeah. And everything. It's like business advice. If somebody's losing money from their business, don't take financial advice from them. (laughs) Well, yeah. Like. If if somebody's like, you know, single all the time, don't take relationship advice from them. There's plenty it's of memes just, about like, that. I've seen There's it. so much. Yeah. And, you know, but advice is really, I mean, I take advice from a lot of people. People people told me in the beginning, don't listen to people. Don't take advice from people. I'm like, everybody has something to teach me. Yeah. It's just, do I want to do what they've done? Because they're going to advise you to do what they've done and make you know, make the choices that lead to where they are. That's incredible. And I really do want to end on that, but I do have to ask you the question that I've asked everyone. And it's what Uh app, which seems so insignificant at this point after hearing that amazing (laughs) quote, but what app has helped you or several apps helped you through all of your side hustles, whether it's business related or mindfulness related or anything you can share with anyone? I swear to God, this is not a Mozilla... uh, Firefox product plug. Okay. But uh, so, and it's not a phone app. It's a, uh, you know, an app on my computer, an application. Totally allowed. It's Firefox. And there's a container plugin. And the container plugin means that you can have every one of your businesses 
emails open at the same time. You don't have to log out and log in again. You can have your Facebook in a separate container. So you're not like your activity isn't logged onto like when you're browsing other things. It's not like going to show you ads for that later. Mm -hmm. And like when the, the exact example is that I use Gmail. Uh, and Google Calendar to manage our production schedules and also to manage my meetings with Mozilla, which are really important. Right. And then I also use Gmail and then I also use two versions of Outlook, one for my business work and one for uh, one for my book and one for my Outlaw Soaps. And I have all of these open at the same time and I don't need to worry about logging in or logging out or anything like that. It's so it's it's it allows me to keep everything totally separate and organized. That's incredible. And that is hugely great. Like, because I, with ADD, switching is so hard. I'm sure. Well, (laughs) thank you for that. I hope people check that one out and hope it keeps them organized. Um, When you launch the next book, please let me know because I want to share it with everyone. Oh my God, I want to show you this. I want to send you this thing, this, this planner prototype thing i think i'm gonna do a little video workshop on it because it needs explanation okay which is terrible but yeah yes i'll do send that it to you. and if people want to check out uh the soaps it's outlawsoaps.com if they want to go to your website directly it's daniellavincent.com on instagram she is danielle a vincent and the book that i'm obsessed with and i can't wait to finish is unicorn 30 days to find your inner unicorn and live the life you love available at bookstores on amazon you can get it on your kindle and remember it's unicorn y-o-u so we don't forget (laughs) did i miss anything no i think you got everything it's been so great to be here i love talking to you no this was i'm really glad like i said in the email earlier to you one of the greatest things about writing this book has been connecting with people about it at the right time in their lives and it's just so great to be able to talk to you about this stuff well you know i'm sure there are plenty of great people out there that are extremely grateful you wrote it and (laughs) i know you're grateful about getting to meet the people but you've changed a lot of lives so thank you thank you for making the time to come on this podcast i know you've got a million side hustles you're working on and all the things so (laughs) thank you it means a lot to me and the people who listen to it we appreciate it thank you Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 